All right, everybody, welcome to Fight Junkies. I'm super excited. Today we have a UFC flyweight, Miranda. Fear the Maverick uh, is in the house on Zoom from Colorado. What's up, Miranda? Thanks for uh, taking time out today and coming on Fight Junkies. Yeah, thanks for working with me. I'm glad we could make it work. Yeah, likewise, likewise. I've been following your career, uh, you know, ever since winning, you know, the tournaments in Invicta. Um, and you certainly have... When I saw that you were from Missouri, I was certainly intrigued. I've been out there. I went to Fort Leonard Wood for military police school. So Missouri, uh, everyone I've met there is just a different breed. They're strong. Uh, they're ferocious. And it makes a lot of sense because here you are today, UFC flyweight. So how have you been? I know you haven't fought um, you know, for about six months or so. How's everything going? Yeah, it seems like it's been forever. You know, I tried to stay ready for short notices ever since January because I had my last fight in November and I was like, I'm going to take my first time in about five years to enjoy family, enjoy holidays, and I'll be back at it in January, February. And of course, it's gotten pushed down the line, pushed down the line. And now here we are finally going to fight in June. So I'm excited to get it done with. I'm hoping I can come up with two more by the end of the year. That would be really exciting. Uh, that's kind of the goal for me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, unfortunately, you've been getting like two fights a year, uh, but I know it's not your fault. COVID, you know, played a big part since you got signed in 2020. But I don't think a lot of people know that you also, you know, are working toward your PhD, right? Are you still going to, to get your, your PhD? I, so uh, long story behind that, and it's a kind of a drama-filled one, but when I was out in Norfolk, Virginia, I went to school for my PhD in industrial psychology out at Old Dominion University. Um, I have my master's minus the thesis, but basically they gave me an ultimatum and they said, you can either do your PhD or you can do MMA. You're going to have to quit MMA if you want to proceed with the PhD. Um, I was really mad. I had already finished basically all my classes for my PhD minus the research portion, which is the dissertation. And they gave me that ultimatum and it, um, yeah, obviously MMA only lasts so long. You can only do it while you're young. So I chose MMA and lived with my master's and I have a job for Hershey right now that I still work while I'm in the UFC and I'll have enough job experience where I figure a master's will get me just as far with that experience as I would have without the experience in a PhD. Wow. That's tremendous. Yeah. You know, we see, we see the limelight, we see the, the UFC and what they do for all of you athletes, but then there's a lot of time in there. I think people forget about that, you know, training camps and family life and work schedules. And I think that's awesome. What I, what I think is even more amazing is um, you had some injuries that could have possibly made you take the route of just finishing school and going, you know, more of the corporate world because you, you may possibly, God forbid, have not been able to fight. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I can. You know, it's been publicized since um, when I was supposed to make my UFC debut June of 2020. I was two days from it. It was the Thursday, which is the day before weigh-ins when um, it was a short notice fight to begin with. I'll start with that. I didn't have time to get all my medical done out in Virginia. So when I got to Vegas, they did the eye exam for me. It was the only medical I had left to do. Um, when they did it, the first doctor was like, I see something weird here. I need to suggest you to a retina specialist, but I'm sure it'll be fine. It's probably just something genetic. Nobody your age really has problems with the retinas. Now I was a little bit freaked out, but I was like, I'll be fine. I, I can see fine. You know, I wear glasses, but no big deal. Go to the retina specialist on Thursday afternoon. So I'm already dehydrated. I'm cutting weight. I'm only like three pounds off of weight. And I go in there and she starts doing the whole and find out that I have 
not only one torn retina, but both of my eyes had torn retinas. Um, she didn't want me to fly back home, didn't want me to travel through any altitude such as flying. Um, and they wanted to do an emergency surgery right then and there because she said they were just holding on by a string. And I was like, that doesn't make sense to me. I can't see anything that's wrong. I don't understand. And she was like, well, it's in your peripheral. If you look in your peripheral vision, you'll see that you actually see some floaters or flashes. You tell me what you see. And she was right. Um, I saw some weird stuff. Saw like what looked to be like bugs almost flying in my eyes when I would really focus on my peripheral. So it was really unfortunate, but I got an emergency surgery. I ended up flying back to Virginia, had my dad come out for my first eye surgery. My mom came out for my second. Um, both were the week of my birthday and uh, got my retinas taken care of. And thank goodness found the third surgeon I went to was to do a degree and clear me to fight in the UFC and had my debut in October of 2020 instead. Wow. That's incredible. Well, cheers to you for, yeah, it was... <laughs> oh my God, that's scary. I mean, it's your eyes, you know, kick me in the face all you want, but my eyeballs, I kind of need those things, you know? Right. I mean, my very much along the lines of stop fighting and never fight again. You know, it was like, I want you to have health over everything. And I've told everybody, if I wasn't right, there on the cusp of the UFC, I would have stopped. Um, and it still can be worrisome sometimes, even getting poked in the eye, putting on eye makeup. Like it's very sensitive to this day. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're, you're doing better and obviously you're slaying it. Uh, besides UFC, I know that you've, you've competed in a lot of grappling tournaments, Naga and, and other stuff. Have you been doing it? Are you even allowed to do those? Do you have to get the brass of the UFC to sign off? Uh, how does that work? Um, cause it seems like grappling since high school wrestling, that that's a passion. Are you still involved in that? I love grappling. I would say I participate in more jujitsu lessons than anything else to this day, but I have not competed in the last year to year and a half. Um, my coaches here in Colorado are very much along the lines of let's focus on fighting, let's hear on fighting, and there's such a high risk to get hurt in grappling just like there is in fighting that there's no sense in losing a paycheck because I want to do a local grappling tournament. And I've kind of made my own decision that if I don't have sponsors or I'm not getting paid for a super fight, I have zero interest in really doing anything grappling. Well, I'm not going to pay to go grapple when I can get paid to go fight in the UFC. Um, but I do do super fights every once in a while. I commentate for grappling events, and I love watching. That's awesome. We actually, um, Brendan Moreno, the champ, comes in this studio, and my producers also produces his show. And he just started jiu-jitsu the other day, so... Um, I think it's great. Hey. I love it. I love it. I, I am a part of the uh, MVP over at Extreme Guitar with Eric Nixick. Uh, I just haven't been able to make it, but I'm glad that you're you're dialed in because this is a very selfish sport, as you know more than anybody. Uh, and I honestly, that's why, I mean, we kind of can have access to, to any fighter because of the connections we have at Fight Junkies, but I wanted to reach out to you personally because I think within the next two years, if not less, you're wearing gold. And I mean that. Um, and I'm that, that segues into my, my next question. Originally it was more striking, grappling heavy. And then I see you've evolved into more of a full mixed martial artist. Do you think that that's why like no one in the, the top 10 wants to fight you? And then it's also harder to get, like, it seems like you cannot until this fight with Jasmine, you haven't been able to get a fight. Is that, does that make sense? Yeah. It's taken. Uh, yeah. I mean, the top 15, I feel like I have a hard, um, you know, style for them. I'm strong. I have a lot of decent grappling and wrestling. Um, and my striking over the past few years has definitely improved. I feel like my striking has been really good as well. And it's just a rough style for people, you know, in the top 15, you still have 
these are strikers, these are grapplers. Once you get them here, they're bad. Once you get them there, they're bad. And I feel like I'm very well-rounded. Well, for the people who aren't on or top 15, they don't really want to fight me because it's scary and they might lose, but they're kind of the only people that want to because if they do win on that slim chance, then they at least get propelled to the next step. Where the top 15 people, they're like, well, you're ranked number 14, 15. It doesn't really help me in the rankings and I lose. Not a good decision. So it's been struggles, struggles getting in the top 10, top 15. And I'm sure this next one will finally break that because I've been on 15, 13, 14 since I started in the UFC. And I just keep waiting on someone to actually take a fight. Not to mention the people who I have to have rematches against, like Macy, who refuses to take a rematch, or Aaron, who now is up there really high, which I'm happy for her. But eventually, I think, have a rematch as well, especially when we're both in the top five or so. And we have a lot of older women in the division, too, that are slowly retiring and getting out of the top 15. So regardless, one with another, I'm going to get up that ladder. Yeah. I mean, your your opponent, this, you know... And then your next fight's 34, I believe. Um, so you yep. you guys are the next, I think you were born in 97, so you'll be, what, 26 in July? You guys are the next breed yep. of champions that are coming out. You know, there's a lot of people that are retiring. Um, are you excited about this fight? Did, did, did this fight really get you going? Like, how do you look at your opponent? I know she's a little older, She's, uh, but it seems like you have more experience in the mixed martial arts world. You have a, uh, more fights like, are, how do you feel? I know you were talking a little, you know, you wanted to fight Meatball Molly for a second there, but uh, ho- we'll get into that too. Hopefully that, maybe that happens. Are you, is this going to propel you yeah. where you want to be? I don't think so. You know, I think it's just another paycheck. Um, I actually am the one who called Jasmine out. I saw her last fight and I was like, oh, she's got some promise. She's pretty good. That'd be a good fight for me. Nobody else wants to fight me right now. And when I say that, I mean, I've messaged half the people in the 25 pound division being like, hey. You want to fight? You want to reach out to Mick and fight me? And uh, some of them are really nice about it. And a lot of them are like, I'm hurt right now. I don't really want to fight for a few months, whatever the excuse is, right? So it just finally got to where I was like, every fight I saw that had some potential, I'm reaching out to the winner. And that's what I did on this one. Jasmine got right back to me on Twitter and personally and was like, yeah, let's get some hype behind this. And so we did. And, you know, she wanted it in Canada. Uh, Too bad there's high taxes up there. But aside from that, I'm happy to go out there, happy to fight in front of a crowd, a full non-COVID crowd for the first time in my career, which is really exciting. And get a win, get a win bonus, hopefully, and really kind of show where I'm at in the division and keep working my way up. But right now, although I want to reach the top 10, the top five, and then contendership, right now I'm focused on making the money. And if people that aren't top 15 want to keep fighting me and we get paid the same, I'm happy with it. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you got to eat, you know, and if nobody wants to fight and they're not going to, you know, make somebody jump in the octagon with you, then yeah, take, take fights like these. Uh, but I mean, you've already fought arguably some of the best in your division. Uh, I just, yeah, I was, I wanted to know your opinion on that. Um, how do you think, uh, the main event's going to go that night? I mean, exciting, exciting card to be on. You're actually going to be opening up the the card. I think that's pretty dope to be the, like, literally, I wouldn't want to be in the middle, but to be the first, like you get to set the tone for the whole fight card for all of Canada against a Canadian. So how do you, how do you feel about opening the card and how do you think the main event's going to go? really excited about opening the card. I think we're the first on the main card. So super excited about that. Actually, people are the ones messaging me for me to even find out that information. 
And then the main card, or the main event, I mean, was supposed to be Nunez versus Penny, and now it's Nunez versus Aldana. Um, I'm kind of biased on that, considering I train with Raquel all the time, and she was supposed to fight Aldana May 20th, and so she, Aldana got moved up instead of her, although she has beat Aldana in the past and is on five, six-fight winning streak, um, which really sucks for Raquel, but um, hopefully news will come out about what's next for her uh, soon. Um but yeah, other than that, I think that Aldana could potentially win this fight. I think that she has just as good of a chance as anyone. And I think that Nuna would have beat Pena. Okay. Yeah, that was uh, I was excited about that. A lot of people thought maybe the, the Pena was a one-off, uh, but she had a little dog in her that night. My producer shaking his head as well. Uh, yeah, I'm super excited. Um, Kennedy's going to be big. Uh where where do you go from here? Um, you win this fight. Are you? Do you have anybody in mind that you want to fight next? Are you the type of person that says just give me at this point? Like I've called everyone out. I don't. I don't care anymore. Just keep feeding me. Uh, or do you have you have a name in mind after this? Right now, I don't. I need to talk to managers, coaches. You know, we've went down the whole line of so many names. They've been called out in the past, been called out last fight. Uh, nobody wanted to take it or they were already booked. I'd love to have that rematch with Macy. She's kind of running, though, and now she has a fight, I think, in July. Um, so maybe after she gets done with that one, she'll want to fight me in October or something. We'll see. Um, but I'll take anyone who's open. I want to get back in there quickly and make my three fights this year. And that's kind of where I'm at on it. Okay, so yeah, three fights this year. Well, I think it can be done June, uh, depending on you know how the how the fight goes. If if you don't have any injuries, how, how are you doing now? How's fight camp going? Uh, how's it Colorado? You know, training up in elevation, which I think is great because you're going to Canada. Uh, how are you feeling as of right now? Yeah, I'm feeling excellent. I think it's always great to train at elevation. Uh, moving out here, having the team out here that I do has been excellent. Having other females that are super high level in the UFC, getting to train with them on a daily basis, that has been really good for my entire career, for my confidence, for my athleticism, all the above. Uh, and now getting ready to go into Canada, yeah, I think it's going to be beneficial. Fight camp has been healthy. It's been good. Only a few weeks left. And in the next, I'd say, two weeks, everybody will start seeing me really slim down, really start getting cut. Uh, and from there, it's just focus on the weight cut, focus on the game plan, go in there, uh, whoop her butt uh, on the first card of the of the main card and uh, get out of there. I'll be excited to come home, get my paycheck and get ready for the next one. I haven't really gotten hurt in any fights too much uh, in the past, and I don't plan on this one being any different. So I'm hoping I'll be ready for short notices soon, soon after. I, I absolutely love, I know John Wick is a character, but if you look at the, the man behind John Wick, such a humble, humble, sweetheart, nice person. Same as you, you know, Midwest, <laughs> Christian, but will rip somebody's head off. And the first time I saw you, not aggressive, but but very passionate, was like last week you were talking about missing weight. Uh, what inspired you to actually go? I know that you would have these conversations probably with your people in a closed circle. What what inspired you to like, hey, I got to bring this to the rest of the world? Because I know you're a role model. I have two daughters. I know a lot of little girls look up to you. Um, that must have really bothered you to to bring it out to it the public. 
It did. And, you know, people are like, oh, it must have been Haley Cohen. It must have been the Alex Shiva girl. It's all as a total. I saw on Twitter and people were like, well, next excuse is going to be it's her period. And there were actually a couple like PFL fights that had the same thing, a couple Invicta fights that had recently had similar things, just all these girls missing weight. And a common denominator in it is, well, I have my period. And it just always frustrates me the same way with girls saying, I can't come to training. I'm on my period. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yes, it's inconvenient. It's miserable. It sucks. You're a fighter. If you're going to try to change the world, if you're going to be one of the best out there, making fucking excuses. And I mentioned in the post, you know, and I got crap about it. I missed weight. Um, what I didn't say is I missed weight as a straw weight when I tried to make 115 when I started out as a pro. If anyone's ever met me, I'm not a 115er. I'm very large for even 125 as far as being or having a lot of muscle tone. And when I tried to make 115, it didn't work. My body went into shock while I was in the bathtub. The medical called me out of it, me in water. I missed weight. Um, I was very sorry for it. I apologized and it was done. What you don't do is you sit there and go, well, this happened and that happened. I'm sorry. I just couldn't make it because of this and this and this. No, just say you didn't make it. Apologize to your opponent. Don't be an asshole and be cocky on the scale. You know, you saw the uh, like she girl get up there and smirk and act all goofy and act like she had just made weight like a champ. And you didn't like have some cooth about yourself. And it's just really frustrating. And I see it the most with the women that make the excuses. You know, the guys, you don't really hear much. Um, every once in a while you have them be cocky. But I figure as a woman in the sport, it's time a woman speaks up and says something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the last big ego-filled person that missed weight that I that I remember was Hamzat Chemaev, uh when he's supposed to fight face off mm -hmm. with Diaz. And uh, yeah, that's just yeah. disrespectful. <laughs> you know, professionals, you got to hold yourself up. And that was like, what, nine pounds or something like that? That was a lot. They just switched. Like the fact that Dana allowed the fights to get just get switched instead of canceling the fight or making him go lose weight, like just ridiculous. You know, it shows the bias and the politics that are involved with it. Yeah, there, there's <laughs> there's a lot of that. I wanted to ask you uh, two more things. I know you're super busy, um, and I really appreciate your time. Now that um, WME and WWE, WWE, right? I'm an old I'm an old fart. Uh, you know, <laughs> I grew up in the late '80s, '90s, uh, where it was like WWF or something. Uh, you participate in in some professional wrestling. I don't know uh, your training, or is that something that still interests you that you want to maybe do and it might be easier to do now that it's been acquired it definitely uh piqued my interest when they did that you know when wwe and ufc are now under the same kind of company header um i was training for wrestling i stopped when this fight kind of got scheduled i'm focusing on it i will say it's almost harder to get hurt in the pro wrestling at least for myself because i'm not super skilled in it and i will say training it for about three months is how long I was doing it, like three times a week. And I know the basics now I can get in there in the ring and probably do a show. I'm not super great at it yet, but I'm getting there. And I gained a lot of respect for them. It hurts so bad landing on that thing, doing all the bumps that they do, and then knowing the moves without hurting the person. And to be honest, that's where I was struggling the most when I was training is I could do the moves. I caught on really fast, but doing it without really grabbing and without really hurting my partner or opponent um, was kind of a struggle there for me, but I found it to be very fun. I think it is something that I might do in the future, especially if MMA becomes one of those things where I'm like, okay, I'm stagnant here. Maybe I look for something else in life. Maybe I'm ready to retire from MMA and go the WWE route. There's just a lot of things nowadays that MMA fighters can transition into if they have the right 
attitude about it, if they have the right speaking. Um, and I feel like I could have a good persona in things like that. I think it's great. I grew up watching wrestling. Uh, I was in Iraq in 2007, and the WWE came out and did a tribute to the troops. And I actually got picked out of the crowd and got in the uh, the squared circle uh, with Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Got to meet John Cena. We ate dinner with Vince McMahon and Rey Mysterio, Kelly Kelly. It was it was super cool. So yeah, I could personally, you know, uh, see you doing that. And I think that's a great transition. But holding back and not. Knocking somebody out is probably not easy for you pro fighters. Uh, do you have anything that you uh, want to put out to the world? I know you also do art, things like that. Uh, you have anything you want to plug, websites? Um, yeah, sure. I appreciate it. Um, so I have fearthemaverick.net, um, and that's just my gear. I make everything from gloves. I literally have a pair that I designed right here. I have gloves, shirts, caps autographed pictures, all that kind of stuff. Um, I also have patreon.com and it's just a place where you can go to get personalized content. Um, I do behind the scenes for my fight, uh, cute pictures that you won't see on Instagram just because I've decided to put them there instead. Uh, and I also have my drawing, you know, I have my Instagram that's maverick underscore masterpieces and that's my drawing site. I do a bunch of pencil sketching. If you guys ever want to check that out, it's kind of just a side hobby of mine that when I get old and frail and can't do anything else, I'll probably be doing that full time. Awesome. Well, I got to say, I really uh, appreciate your time. I look forward to uh, watching your fight in four weeks, right? Just over. Yeah, um, so I, w I wish you the best. I wish you a safe training, uh, you and all your team. Um, and I appreciate everything. Uh, so I want to say thank you. Let's give a round of applause to Miranda. Fear the Maverick. We'll see you guys soon. Fight junkies.